0: be seated. Good morning, church. Good morning, and it's nice to see each and every one of you, and I trust that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving with your families. I can imagine all the food and the, the laughter and the stories, and of course, all the turkey that you can eat, right? Certainly, we had for, for us here, the lumps, we actually ate turkeys four days in a row. How many of you were in that boat with us? Yes, yes, yes. And let's wait till Christmas, how about that? Maybe not, maybe not. But it is so good to see each and every one of you this morning on our first Sunday of Advent. But I do, before we get started, I do want to thank and do a shout out to, let me see, uh, Steve, uh, Nick, and Danny, John Harris, and the rest of the team, who actually put this whole uh, backdrop for us for our Christmas season. Yes, thank you. It is, we are in the town of Bethlehem. So as you come in, I want you to look every Sunday just to know what it's like being, how many of you have been to Jerusalem? All right, some of you know. So it's like we're bringing uh, Bethlehem to us every Sunday. So we're glad that you're here to start it with us in this uh, Christmas season. You know, I love Christmas. How many of you love Christmas? I do like the, I love the other holidays, but Christmas is one of my favorite holiday. Even though in the Salvation Army, it is the busiest time of the year. Growing up, it is one. But for me, it is just so beautiful, wonderful, and I just love it. So for many of us, Christmas brings kinds of things to mind, doesn't it? It brings Christmas shopping, Black Friday's. Right, And of course, tomorrow, the internet, online, everything goes on sale, I can imagine. But Christmas decorations, as you see, uh, we've started here at the Croc Center, putting up the trees and all of the different garlands. How about giving and receiving of gifts? How many of us are excited about that? singing carols and parties, great food, fun and fellowship and friendship, Christmas poo and traditions. Okay, now how many of you are like tired already of just hearing all those things that we are expecting coming up? Yes, but don't get tired because it's about to start. It is exciting and I hope that you're excited about it as we continue to learn what it means, the reason for Christmas. Yet for many of us, I want you to know that Christmas can also be a season of sadness, a season where lost hope and disappointments. However, we have been reminded this morning as we lit the candle of hope, that there is hope, church, that there is hope. There is hope. Let's pray. Father God, this morning we are in awe of who you are. You are ready in our presence. And certainly we are reminded that there is hope in this hopeless world. And so Father, right now as we just, as we continue in our worship, as we continue into looking into your word this morning, I pray that you will open not just our minds and our eyes, but our heart to what you have to share with us this morning. Bless us, Lord, with your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church, for the next several Sundays of Advent, our Christmas sermon series is titled, Because of Bethlehem. Love is born and hope is here. Because of Bethlehem. Now, where is Bethlehem? Many of you know, probably know that there are many places in the United States that are called Bethlehem. Wouldn't you be an amazing, where do you live? Bethlehem. But the Bethlehem that we're talking about this morning, it is a Bethlehem that is located in a small town in the southern end of Jerusalem. It's just about eight miles from certainly the city of Jerusalem. And so it was about two years ago, Major Phil and I had an opportunity and a privilege to visit Bethlehem, and right now as I'm even speaking and talking to you about, it, I'm getting goosebumps or chicken skin because what that trip was for us. So I want to share a few things with you on the screen. Of course, the sign, and you're in a bus. You have to look at where Bethlehem is. So I took a sign. It's a little crooked. Um, and also, we went directly to a, a Nissan restaurant. Not the, not, the, not the auto Nissan kind of thing. That wasn't at all. It was a restaurant by the gentleman who was going to take us on a tour. They fed us first, certainly. And then as we went on, it was Bethlehem. They would sell a lot of things as well, products. They took us to the shepherd's field. That was, I remember taking that picture overlooking the shepherd's field. This is where the shepherds were on that, more than 2,000 years ago when the angels showed up and told them the good news, the shepherd's field. The next one is in that restaurant, oh, it all, the, the wall is surrounded with beautiful picture of the whole nativity, and this was one of them. And I, it was just, as you're eating, you get to enjoy and think of what it was like then when Jesus was born. And certainly one of the trip was in Bethlehem. If you've been there, where you get to stand in a long line like Disneyland, and you get to, for a quick second, you get to touch it so quickly, it's it's presumably where Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Right at that spot, that's what they would say. So that's what our trip to Bethlehem was. And to me since then, church, the story of Christmas has so much more meaning so much more meaning, and we can find the meaning of Christmas in the Word of God as we continue to hear and learn more about it. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Matthew chapter 1, starting with verse 18, and it says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and gave birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But He did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Mary faced the social stigma of having an unwed pregnancy. And in that culture, such a predicament had serious consequences. She had to trust and believe that God was truly involved in this plan. And Mary had to face her fiance with this almost unbelievable story of a miracle pregnancy. Joseph, I'm pregnant, but I didn't, it didn't happen with a human partner. Can you believe me? This was complex, this was chaotic. But then Mary, at full term pregnancy, had to travel by a donkey on foot from Nazareth to Bethlehem, another town, which was about, listen, 90 miles. Now, mothers, full term. I'm saying the words that you know what I'm talking about. Full terms, walking. Some of us don't even want to get up or walk at all. But you see, church, we can learn so much from the Christmas story this morning where Mary and Joseph's trip to Bethlehem reminds us this morning of a couple truths about the reason of Bethlehem. And now, these truths are not not new to us. They're very familiar. We've heard it many, many times. But I believe this morning, church, that these truths that we're about to learn are for a reason God brought you this morning so that he's going to show us what it means, what it means, and the reason of what Christmas is all about. You see, because of Bethlehem, God became one of us. And because of Bethlehem, Emmanuel, God with us. The first truth is this, that because because of Bethlehem, God became one of us. It says in verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And Luke 2, 7 says, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Mary's trip to Bethlehem teaches us that God became one of of us through Jesus. He has a face. And at the very first Christmas, Mary gazed into the face of God. Imagine that night in the stable, sheep and cattle and all, and Joseph still completely in amazement of this entire journey. And Mary looking deeply into the eyes of Jesus, Thinking, imagine carrying a baby in your arms. So, this is what God looks like, huh? Jesus entered our world, not like a human, but as a human. And he endured everything that we do and more. God became human down to his very toes. John 1.14 tells us the Word became flesh and made dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now let's stop and think for a moment. God stepped down from heaven's glory, became a man. The creator became part of his creation, and perhaps there is no clearer description of this than what we studied in our last series in Philippians. It tells us in verse, chapter two, verse six, if you remember this, remember that sermon, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death and even death on a cross. Isn't that amazing? That's God's word. And Jesus willingly became a man, made himself nothing, literally means he emptied himself. You see, Jesus understands what you feel and has faced what you face. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin because he is God himself still. Because of Bethlehem's Miracle Church, you and I can answer these basic questions and so much more. Does God care if I'm sad? John 11, 28, 44, you read that. Look at the tear-streaked face of Jesus as he stands near Lazarus' tomb. Does God know if I'm ignored or rejected? Read John 8 one through 11, because there you will find in the compassionate eyes of Christ that he stands to defend the adulterous woman. And church, three weeks ago, many of you wrote these cards, and if it does bring back memories to you. Well, you know what, church, I kept them. The staff looked over them, prayed over them. I kept them because each, every day, I have been taking cards from this little container, reading it, and then praying over it. Do I know who the person is? No, I don't. I really don't. Do I know that this person is hurting? Yes, I do know. But one thing I do know that in all these cards, that Jesus knows the burden of the broken heart, and he could have come to us as a shining light or a voice in the clouds, but he came as a person. And if you ever wondered whether God truly understands you, How many of you, we say that to us, I don't think God knows what I'm going through. He gets us. He gets you. He gets me. He became one of us. When I think about that, it changes everything for me. And I hope it changes for you as well. Because see, God became human. We can see and know that God in the person of Jesus. We can also rely on the fact that God knows us. Amen? He knows us, and the Christmas story tells us that because of Bethlehem, Mary came face to face with God, and so can we this Christmas. So can we this Christmas. Because of Bethlehem, God became one of us, and secondly this morning, because of Bethlehem, God is with us. Not only he became one of us, he is with us right now. To know that God is with you, it is the greatest blessing there is, church. That, that's the comfort that David knew in Psalm 23. And what does he say? He says, even though I walk through the darkness valley, I will fear no evil. Because what? For you are with me. David knew he could face anything even death, because God is with him. And that is the blessing that we, each of us, can celebrate this Christmas time, that God the Son came to earth to be with us. And he tells us in Matthew 1, 23, all this took place, what? To fulfill what the Lord said to the prophet Isaiah, that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him what? what is it? Emmanuel, Emmanuel, which means God with us. He came to us that day in Bethlehem because he's still working with us. He still has a plan for you and for me. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Because God desires to be with each and every one of us every day. He desires to be in your homes. He desires to be in your relationships as husbands and wives and parents and children, as grandparents. He desires to be a part of your work, whether you know it or not, and your careers. He wants to be involved in your finances and in your health. He wants, to be, he wants to indwell and influence every area of your life. Let me repeat, repeat that again. He wants to indwell and influence every area of your lives, not just a certain part of my life because this is the part that, that I want you, Lord, to be part of. No, it's not that. He wants every area of our lives. And church, no matter what is going through in your life right now, God is with us. He is Emmanuel. It says in Hebrews 7.25 that Jesus is at the right hand of his father, constantly interceding on our behalf, on your behalf. You see, the God among us rules the universe. He is sovereign. God controls the chaos that troubles in our life. Jesus healed the sick. The hungry even raised the dead. He is with us, our Emmanuel. And if this is a difficult time in your life right now, I ask that be encouraged, be comforted that we need to cast our cares to God, on God, because He cares for you. And know that that first Christmas was so different than Mary and Joseph had planned. I don't think they planned it that way. You see, Unwed pregnancy, full term, traveling 90 miles without a family or friends when giving birth. And certainly there was no hospitals. Jesus was not placed in a nice crib with a nice sign of anything, a nurse tending him. But no, was placed and born in an animal trough. What animals ate out of. But church at the end it also turned out greater than she could ever imagine. Emmanuel, God with us. God was with Mary, God triumphed with Mary's story, and because of Bethlehem, God is with us. And for maybe some of us this morning, we need to be reminded of that. That in the middle of the sleepless nights, high stress, long work hours, we need to be reminded that it's Jesus that holds it all together. We live in an often dark, troubled, chaotic world, don't we? And look, just look at the social media, look at TV, and sometimes it is so hard to find hope in our circumstances. Emmanuel has come to bring order, hope, and peace during the chaos. There is power greater than any storm, church, amen? Emmanuel, and I want you to say to yourself right now, God with us. Okay, with this many people in the room, we can blow this roof down. God with us. Emmanuel. One more time. God with us. Now tell the person next to you, God is with you. Turn to the next person. That needs to be louder to the next person. Make sure they're not sleeping, they need to be awake. God with us. God is with you. God is with me. And church, in times of stress and challenging situations and certainties and the unknown, yeah, there's a lot of unknown things happening. I know in my life, I'm not sure because I'm, remember, I'm a warrior, but also I know I am a warrior. That in those times, I do find again and again hope, peace, from fear of tension by repeating these comforting words, God is with me, God is with me, I am not alone. And his promises tells us that we will never be separated from his love, never, never. See, God gave us this blessing of the Holy Spirit and he is God with us, he is Jesus with us every second. We don't have to line up and wait our turn to get maybe two moments with God like children lining up to take a picture with Santa Claus or lining up to get an autograph from a celebrity. You see, when we are a fol- become a follower of Christ, listen, he comes into our life. And he is with us. And he is in us all the time. We don't have to hope that he might speak to us. Church, he will speak to you through his word. And that's why we need to spend time reading it. And allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. You see, when God speaks, then it is our responsibility. When God speaks, church, it is our responsibility to listen. Amen. And not just listen, we need to obey. For some of us this Christmas, we may need to listen more. And I'm going to speak, we need to listen more. Okay, I'm not just speaking to this side to listen more. To listen more. And not get distracted by the hustle and bustle of the Christmas season. You see, God gets you. God gets us. He knows us and loves us. And this Christmas, my question is, will you surrender your life to God who has a human face? Who was born just like us? See, God has a face. It tells us again, the word became flesh and lived among us. We see the glory of God in the face of Christ. Will you fix your eyes then on Jesus and discover that you are seeing God himself? Is God with you? You may not sense him. He is there with you. He's always at work. Is he in you? He can be. That is why Jesus came to earth, for to be God with us. But you've got to make sure that you have read really received him, and that he is really God with you in your life. Church, I'm going to end my sermon this morning with a video. It is a video uh, titled Be Born in You. It is a story of Mary from the the Christmas story and uh, how Mary was chosen by God to have Jesus be born in Bethlehem. And it's because of Bethlehem that Jesus was born and to be with us. As God has chosen Mary... I know that God has chosen each and every one of you this Christmas to live a life that brings glory to him. That brings glory to him. Will you let Jesus be born in your life again? Maybe some of you have kind of drifted away from Christ. Will you let him live in your life? May your life be be evident of Jesus being born in you so that others may see Jesus in you. So church, listen to the song and reflect upon your life this morning, and let God speak to you. Because of Bethlehem, God became one of us. And because of Bethlehem, Emmanuel, God with us. And church, what does this all mean for us this morning? And for this Christmas, another Christmas just like the others, and my challenge to you this Christmas, and I'm going to call it a Christmas challenge to you this morning, that as we begin this journey, what will this Christmas be that we know that, that God is with us? And we can't complain because we know that he's been where we've been. And so what is this going to be? As the worship team sings us a time of reflection, a place of prayer, Maybe this is a time to make commitment to say that this Christmas is going to be very different for me. I'm going to work on my marriage more. I'm going to work on my family, spending more time. I'm going to pray more, read my Bible. I'm going to be watchful of my attitude or whatever it is that you're dealing with that God is speaking to you about this morning. What will this Christmas be for us? Christmas 2019. A new year is coming. Let's begin now and not wait till later. As this sing, reflect and pray, come and pray, and make that commitment this morning. As I close in prayer, I'd like to ask if you're, for your head bowed and eyes closed. I'd like to pray for you this morning as I close, and if you'd like me to pray for you, if you just raise your hand where you're at. I certainly can't see out there in the dark, but God knows and sees you. Go ahead and raise the, those hands. I'd like to lift your, your prayers to the Lord this morning. Amen. God bless. God bless you. Father God, you do hear us. You know us. And this morning we have been encouraged. I, I pray that we've also been challenged to the familiar truths that we've heard many, many times in this season that we're in. But, Father, there are many in the room who probably have a lot of prayers, concerns, and we lift them up to you right now, Lord. And so, Father, may we face and and look forward to the coming season, this season that we're in, season of your birth, that we will see the season differently than we've ever done before. It's Christmas Jesus Emmanuel God with us thank you Lord thank you so much and be with us as we make this challenge and continue to speak to each one Lord and reveal what that means this Christmas it may take a day or so but Lord you are with us and we know that we can handle this because you've gone through it Lord with us and you will continue so bless each one and thank you for your word this morning Emmanuel, God with us. Amen and amen. God bless you.